0: Welcome to Licensed Psychologist, Now What?, a podcast about the journey psychologists and psychotherapists go through as they reclaim their intuition and unleash their healing gifts while maneuvering getting licensed, life, and making a living. And although this podcast host and many of the guests are mental health professionals. The information provided is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical and related professionals or for supervision and or consultation purposes. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Licensed Psychologist. Now what? This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia. And today, it's my pleasure and honor to have a guest that I've interviewed for the other podcast, but not mm-hmm. for this one. <laughs> it's the amazing Andrea Vargas, and she's a licensed, is it an MH, mental health yeah. counselor? Yes. Mm-hmm. In Florida, and a really sought out therapist. She's four, she has a lot of clients, and right now there's so many kids struggling and, and her approach it's, I think it's really good because I've seen you in pictures of your office and in terms of the play therapy and your personality, I bet that a lot of those children, even when it was online, because I, I don't know if you're doing in person, probably felt like very attuned to you and, and your style. So thank you for coming into this other podcast.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me again. It's so nice to be here.
0: Yeah. How's the weather in Florida today?
1: <laughs> it is tolerable not as <laughs> humid and hot as it has been so this is our fall so yeah it's yeah. Tolerable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so can you tell this new audience about you your services and what do you love the most about it
1: okay so as you mentioned I'm a licensed mental health counselor I am also a registered play therapist and I'm EMDR And I work with children ages three and up. I like to say work with people whose frontal lobe is not completely developed yet. So three up to like early 20s. So I do enjoy that wide range. Um, Obviously, because I work with kids, I work very close with the parents, the family and the schools, although the schools are a little hesitant now with everything that's going on. But I love just working with kids, connecting and entering their world through play, and then helping parents understand their kids better. Because as a mom, I know that if you understand your child and, and, and someone guides you in what you can do to help them even better and support them, then you know that makes you feel good as a parent. And if the child feels supported, then that child flourishes. So that's what I love. And then all of that strengthens the connection between the child and the parent. So I love that. I love, you know, when I'm working with parents and kids and there's giggles and there's like all this eye contact. It's like gives me all the warm and fuzzy. So that's my favorite mm. part of my work. Mm,
0: I love it. I love it. I even got here too, yeah, in terms of uh, how you know important it is as a mom as well. And you have two children, right? Yes. Yes. And I bet that both of them are very different
1: very oh my goodness like night and day <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so when you mentioned that aspect of helping the parents as well to learn about their children so they can help them flourish I wonder if this is one of the things that it's hard for some parents to kind of like swallow the pill of oh each one of them is different I cannot parent all of my children the same way so how do yeah. you handle when that happens when when they're like a little resistant
1: it's a lot because I think that Under all of that, it's just a parent who wants to have their child succeed, right? And to be happy. And sometimes that looks different in kids, you know, there's going to be that one child that you don't need to prompt to do homework, but maybe they're not as social and maybe they need a little bit more of that, you know, or then there's the child that needs a lot of motivation academically or extra support but they are a social butterfly, you know? So I don't know where I read this quote, but I, it's really just to kind of summarize how nicely it is. It's like, just because you have a child, it doesn't mean that they are yours or their life is yours, you know? You bring kids to this world and you are there to provide, you know, the support and they're going to eventually choose their destiny and their path, right? So it can be challenging. I think a lot of times parents also, because of their own upbringing, you know, whether they want to go completely opposite of what they were raised or how they were raised, or maybe they feel like the way that they were raised is the ideal. So kind of helping them see that or, or how that all plays into their parenting. Because I mean, you're a mom. You know, we're gonna get triggered by it by self when we're parenting, especially. You know, we'll hear things come out of our mouth saying, Oh, my goodness, I didn't want to have to say this, because I hated it when my parents would say this to me. And then, you know, especially after this year, you know, everybody gets a pass, because it's just been a lot. Oh,
0: <sighs> I hear you. I hear you. And it's been so intense. I feel like there's so many populations that are very well impacted. And one of them is caregivers caregivers. Like today, (laughs) as I'm recording these, my husband took our youngest out for a walk because the babysitter called in and she's, you know, calling sick. So my oldest in school, but then little one is here. So we're like juggling in between our work. Mm -hmm. And, and those things are, you know, people that don't have children or taking care of anyone, they might not have to experience any of those extra layers of complications
1: yes yes parents especially you know stereotypically moms have been pushed to multitask on this extreme level that my heart goes out to moms Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know
0: and you're a one as well
1: yes yes yes
0: (laughs) are yours in school already or
1: my oldest one should be in third grade this year my daughter would have started kindergarten but last year I did another crazy thing and decided that I was going to homeschool so yes so I'm homeschool teacher by day and therapist by afternoon and then trying to be you know a a normal person at the end of the day after all of that (laughs) Wow,
0: that is another podcast. I bet that whole experience. I might contact you. I've, you know, I've considered here and there homeschooling, especially after all the difficulties this last years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, (laughs) we already went in. I was like, we're gonna start slow, and then we went in. So, (laughs) in terms of your journey to become not only a child therapist but the play base, like, what was it that made you want to seek that out? Because I know there are a lot of which is ironic, but there's a lot of child therapists that are not pl- certified or taking training in some play-based.
1: Right, right. I think for me, I think it started as, as a child. Like I myself, I, I kind of laugh at this because I had gone to therapy when I was little through the school and I was probably one of the, the worst clients, quote unquote, <laughs> because I refused to talk to my therapist. I didn't want to do anything. So I just sat there and colored. And so that was like my first experience with therapy. And then I think I remember picking up a book somewhere on child abuse. And then I remember reading that and my stomach kind of like turning like, wow, like kids get treated like this. How horrible and who helps them? You know, so that was another thing. I think I was about ten. And then I think I saw a Lifetime movie on child sexual abuse. Lifetime, yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) And then I think my mom was watching and I caught a glimpse of it. And I was so intrigued by the therapist in the show or in the movie, you know, helped the little girl kind of process all of that with like anatomically correct dolls. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is so cool. And I got a peek at her office. It was like a playroom. So all of those, and I'm like, I don't want to be a child therapist. And when I was in graduate school, I never was really interested in working with adults. I've always, you know, had a soft spot for kids and that's what I wanted to do. So in graduate school, we did our practicum and they had a playroom. And I was, you know, one of those when you walk in and it's like, oh, ah! you know, this is what I've been wanting to do. I got my first client, it was a little kindergartner struggling with behavior issues at school. And I kind of maybe instinctively felt like I'm not going to talk to this little kindergartner about, well, how do you have to behave and what's going on? Because she was so little, right? So mm-hmm. I just set up like a classroom with these little stuffed animals and we kind of role played kind of being silly. And so I engaged her and, you know, we practice how to not get in trouble, what you needed to do, raise your hand, you know, share or whatever and i saw that it helped and i remember the smile i like, came in for 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 therapy and my my supervisor at the time said you're doing play therapy because we had to record this this is back in when we right. had vcr and stuff like that so we played the vhs tape for my supervisor let's so play therapy and i'm like wait that's a thing like i didn't even know what that was and then mm-hmm. she's like yeah so i looked it up you know and little by little, I got training in it. And it is a very expensive process. But for me, it didn't make sense to do child therapy without the play therapy component.
0: I agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I remember, technically, I'm, I'm a trained child therapist, I prefer more a little bit of a little bit more advanced frontal lobe Mm -hmm. (laughs) teenagers or preteens that are already in the making sense of abstract thinking (laughs) to like, you know, adolescents and and Mm -hmm. young adults. But I had cases that they were younger and I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, yes, I could do those sheet sheets and work with the parents, but without a playroom or with all those skills, I think it's so, so hard. Mm -hmm yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah and then you had
1: children on your way of becoming or after um no after after I um maybe like five years after I was no wait maybe like six or seven years I don't even know. okay it, it was a while like I was a child therapist working on you know getting trained in as a play therapist And technically, that was kind of a disadvantage, I think, because a lot of parents wanted to know if I was a parent, right? And I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not a parent. I've worked with a lot of kids. And I have to admit, it would get frustrating because they said, well, then you don't understand. And now that I'm a mom, I get it, you know, because it's so easy to say to a parent, hey, do this, do this, do that. And then I get to go home and I don't have to do any of that, you know. And I use my experience as a mom. I'm very honest with my clients and I say, I get it. You can't do all of this 24-7. You can't be the perfect parent. No one is a perfect parent. There's mom guilt and then there's play therapist mom guilt. Like at at night, I'm like, what did I do? I should have done. Okay, no, I'm human. Like, it's okay. You have to go through my positive self-talk, you know? And and again, you're throwing it in there uh, this whole year and a half. I mean, just you surviving, your kids are alive. But that's enough, I think, for most
0: people. You're sharing kind of like pieces of how I see my story as well. I think I was a licensed psychologist or operated as a psychologist for like five or six. Again, working with mostly teenagers because I would ask my supervisor, please don't give me anyone less than 11 or 12. And I had here and there like a four-year-old, six-year-old, stuff like that. But I remember always feeling that disadvantage. And then having a lot of colleagues that are like, I don't have children, but I have all these trainings and still feeling like there was a piece of me that I did not know. I still feel like I love working with teens, but my oldest is six. So I'm like, I bet that when my oldest is a teenager, a lot of the things that I shared, even though I always integrated, I feel like I like to integrate with the parents and really like empathize with them. Mm-hmm. I feel like it will shift because right now I'm like, whoa, six year olds, <laughs> you know, because Six year-olds and parents, and and it's an important discussion because I know a lot of therapists get offended if they don't have children or partners and they're doing therapy work, I mean couples work or something, and people kind of question that, and they'll go right. like, the ego kicks in, like, but I have all these trainings, I have all these certifications. Yeah, but you don't have the overwhelming <laughs> experience of taking care 24 seven
1: Right, right, right it's Of someone different- else. Yeah, it's a different. I also think as a parent, there's so much unsolicited <laughs> advice out there. Right. That I think, and especially now where everything is thrown at you at on social media, like, oh, five steps to do this and two right. weeks, and three steps to do that. And I think as a parent nowadays, I think you're also a little bit more defensive, like, come on, you know, please know more, you know, of this pressure. And then if your child therapist isn't Skilled in how to weave in the suggestions or the recommendations or in a way that is not blaming the parent, but more like, you're also a person and you have, you know, needs, and I can understand how you're frustrated with mm-hmm. this. And then helping them, you know, kind of connecting with the parent in a way as well, right? And yes, you know, another thing we want to be heard. I mean, most moms who listens to moms, right? So kind of allowing the parent to share, to have a space to talk about, you know, their struggles and stuff that how, how, how things that may be going on in her life at that point may be affecting her and then saying, you know, that's okay. So we're going and I think kids are very forgiving, to be honest, if we we make a mistake, we can easily go in there and say, I'm sorry, mommy was frustrated and I might have snapped at you and you didn't deserve that, you know. I'm sorry, you repair. So helping parents feel heard and seen, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Helps them kind of put their guard down and then are ready to listen. And they know that you're just really there to help.
0: Yes. And you mentioned something that really kind of stuck in my mind in terms of, you know, when you're laying in bed, and you're like, Oh, my God, I did all those things. How do you manage besides? You mentioned like self-talk and all that. How do you manage that guilt that comes like, oh, shoot, I actually, I know what technique I I should have done. And whoa, that went
1: that way. Right. Right. I have a lot of therapist mom friends. So we kind of reach out to each other and then we're there, you know, yeah, you know, but we're human and it's nice to hear that, you know, like, okay. And then they can say, well, this happened and I did that and I wanted to like hide because I shouldn't have done that. So, you know, finding your own support system, even if it's just a text message, you know, nowadays, we don't have time for much more, but even if it's just a text message to kind of vent to someone and have them not judge you and support you. so We need Mm. that. All of us need that. Oh,
0: yes. So community is a big one. Supportive Mm -hmm. community, because you can have community and they're not supportive. (laughs) Supportive community is someone that really gets you. So Mm -hmm. I hear that. And what are some of the continued struggles or, you know, hurdles that you experienced balancing mom in a pandemic, homeschooling now, your practice?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like when we, I was doing telehealth, trying to figure out a schedule that worked for my clients, but also for me, my husband, thankfully, has a pretty flexible understanding job, but he still has to do that nine to six or nine to five job. So balancing all of that out and then, you know, just the timing of it all. I think I finally had my dream office two weeks into my dream office, COVID hit. And I'm like, Oh, what do I do? You know, and you mentioned telehealth trying to just rework my brain and okay, how do I get this child to engage? For at least 30 minutes, and then I could talk to the parents after you know, but we're competing with like youtubers that are very entertaining, right. so <laughs> right that was that was unboxing yeah <laughs> unboxing. yeah and then you know, and then the homeschooling is a whole other world that you also have to do like a paradigm shift on what is important for them to learn, how tailoring the Activities and the lessons to my son, who is not the most attentive person, and then my daughter, who is like quick but like has all this energy. And yeah, so been a lot, a rough road. Wow. Probably got some COVID highlights that I like to call them COVID highlights during this entire year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still going. And I know I, I saw you with the outdoor, I think it was how many was the list that you?
1: Oh we started attempted to complete a challenge called the 1000 hours outside. And I had looked into that before COVID. But then during COVID, there wasn't much to do indoors. So busy kids, even just for us to be outside and just breathe fresh air and just take a break from all of the running around and trying to multitask. So that that was that was nice.
0: Mm, nice Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, I don't know if you want to share, but what got you into like taking the leap of the homeschooling?
1: At the end of the school year, you know, when COVID hit, my son was in first grade and he got really lucky with an amazing teacher. He was amazing. He was doing really good. But the online was just a disaster. I couldn't, I mean, I, we were all stressed out and they, the school didn't obviously have enough time to organize things and things weren't flowing. And it was like, tears, frustration. You know, my daughter was on preschool, virtual somewhere. She is something else. She was skipping school, going on YouTube. You know, (laughs) I'm like, I hear her. And I'm like, I can't deal with that right now. My husband's trying to work. It was it was a mess. And I noticed, sadly, how behind my kid was really, because I was with him doing things. And I'm like, he's not grasping it because he doesn't have the attention span for it. So, again, the community, right? Some Facebook mom groups, people are start- talking about homeschool. And I'm like, could I do that? You know, looking, I took the whole summer to kind of really think about it, right? Then there's um, a lot of nature based kind of play that we did over the summer, some activities. And I saw that he really loves science. He likes to be hands on. And I'm, wow, he's focused and he knows all these facts like he walks around and you can ask him about an animal and he'll tell you all the facts and and my husband's name my husband's not the nature type guy and he's like <laughs> what I'm like believe him because he's the one who knows all that stuff I I can't possibly fit all that information in my head but he does and then with my daughter she tagged along and you know she's just in there for the ride and she likes it and so So, yeah, and it's, and he loves it. He doesn't want to go back. Like, I tell him, okay, so next year, you know, no, I'm not going back. So, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it one day at a time and see what happens. So, yeah, finding a curriculum that works for them and kind of fits in my schedule, my time, my style. So, semi structured. I can't follow a total like, protocol type thing but i also don't want them online i don't want them too many worksheets i want to be able to really have them enjoy. so we've read so many books my son wakes up now he he reads a book before breakfast i mean the house has calmed down with the rush in the morning the rush after school they get a lot of free play which is super important for kids especially now with all the stress going on yeah um, he still complains, and i mean i look at him like are you serious right now do you want to take a walk across the street where the kids are and so, no, no 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 okay <laughs> like, oh, oh my <laughs> goodness
0: they're complaining in the whining stage right now is where we are with my six-year-old and it's hard you know like days that he's able to like go and play with the neighbor and then play with me nintendo switch and still is complaining because we didn't do that one thing that he wanted also to do Mm -hmm. and it's like oh my god we need to talk about gratitude
1: (laughs) exactly yeah and i get like really scientific with my son like you know that there was a study that if you wake up and you're grateful your brain actually changes you know Mm -hmm. and if you complain every time you complain your brain gets full of toxins and stuff like i mean i don't know (laughs) if that was really research that i read but i kind (laughs) of tried to you know, not, uh, kind of water it down for him. He just, his eyes open up. Okay, I'm going to try. You're allowed three complaints a day. I can't. I can't anymore. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope. I don't know if my youngest would also, but if that happens, I'll have to figure it out. But that is so emotionally taxing for parents. We're talking about one little thing, but can take us out of our wave of, you know, like comfort zone, tolerance window window yes. of tolerance
1: yes you know
0: the overcomplaining, the things or you didn't put the ketchup how they want it and all these little things that people mm-hmm. sometimes don't talk about what is about parenting yes and those things can take us out of the edge so fast
1: Yes, and then or, or the time when you like make the effort to do a really fun activity you have this in your mind like this is gonna be great and then they start fighting or this and you're just like should it just stay so yes. that that does happen sometimes. But, yeah. you know.
0: What helps you the most to handle that in the moment or even
1: after? Sometimes just taking a deep breath, looking at my husband like, you you need to take over because I'm going to <laughs> explode and I need <laughs> to go now. Sometimes, you know, if I'm not as dysregulated, right, I could say, okay, so what what's going on here? Let's take a deep breath. Let's notice. Mm-hmm. I do this thing with my daughter. who She sometimes goes from zero to 100. And you do like the hand model. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, calm mm-hmm. your brain. It's so funny because she's like, I'm oh, calming. I'm calming. I'm trying to calm my brain. Oh. Like, calm <laughs> your brain because I don't understand anything you're saying. And I, I, we're just trying to have fun. Or he told you that, you know, he put your toy there. It's not lost. It's right there. But calm your brain so you can put it <laughs> I can only imagine if there's people around, like calm your brain. Like, what is this baby telling her? Yeah. So hashtag when your mom is a play therapist. This is the type of stuff that you're. Oh my goodness!
0: Yes, I haven't used that. I use it with clients, but I haven't used it with my children. I'm gonna like bring it, and yeah, what would be a message that you have for other caregivers, moms that are being a therapist during this crazy time?
1: (laughs) You know, again. The ultimate goal is balance, right? And then just taking a step back and remembering why you're doing this all. You know, I remember when I was in college, I worked for a psychologist, right? And I was front desk. And I saw she had like the best schedule, seven to one or something like, or eight to one. And then she was done, right? And she was able to take her kids to school and pick them up from school. And maybe she worked like one evening a week. I'm like, that is awesome. You know, that's why... That's a plus for being a a therapist and having your own private practice. And You can move that around for your benefit. And then when you feel like you can spend time with your kids, that does fill your cup as a mom. Right. And so sometimes we want to do all the training. We want to help all of our. But if we don't fill our own cup first, we're not going to be able to help others. And then that's when it starts to get, you know, difficult or more difficult we're yeah. so just kind of taking a step in. why why is it that I'm doing this again oh because I want to yes I want to help people but I also want to be there with my family and then if yeah. you take care of yourself then you can make you can calm your brain and then be right. calm <laughs> right and more present with your kids yeah
0: yeah so important I know one thing that has helped me significantly was letting go of my schedule like i simple practice i open it and people schedule it i only do it with my older clients that are not that techie i did that after maternity leave because with luna i had her in the middle in the midst of the beginning of the pandemic when we thought we were Uh all gonna die (laughs) kind of and yeah i released the schedule and and made a schedule that that accommodates to us Mm -hmm. and that is so important because that traditional like working every evening for some families like mine it doesn't work. But I think what you're sharing is so important as for those listeners really find what works for you for your family and for your clients. Yes. It's not all about one side. It's mm-hmm. at the little balance.
1: Right. And another thing to kind of add to that because I know that for some of us that work with certain populations we feel like maybe we're more We have to work certain hours because they are not going to come at those hours. When my son started kindergarten, I had to switch my schedule because I wasn't going to be able to see him after school because I was going to be working. And it was scary, but I made room for, I'm not going to work every afternoon. I'm going to, you know, split it up and I'm going to see clients during the day. And if they want to come see me, they're going to come and see me. If not, then I'm not the therapist for them, right? And that was... You know when people started coming during the day, I'm like, Oh, it's really happening, I'm gonna be okay. And I was, and then the pandemic hit and everything else changed. But right, sometimes we think you know we have to accommodate our schedule for our clients' schedule because if not, we're gonna lose them. And you know, if they really want to work with you, because you the you're the type of therapist that they that they want. You have the training, you have the skills, and they just like you. They'll figure it out. I mean, we do that. If we right. have a dentist that we love for our kid, we will wait and we will go at whatever time they tell us to go because we know that that's going to work for us, right? Yes. Not everybody's gonna be able to do that, but. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. is so
0: important because again, there's a lot of homeschooling parents as well that they can take their kids during the day. There's mm-hmm. children that schools have different hours. There's so many out there. And I think what you're sharing is so important because when you start as a therapist, a lot of other therapists have these sayings and myths that really are based in scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And like, you only have to work, oh, you got into this profession, kind of like get ready to work weekends and, you know, in the evenings. And some people do that. I don't, I don't. And I attract either entrepreneurs or people that have flexibility in the schedule that they schedule me at 10am, 11am, 12 noon. And I'm like, this works. So yeah. And when you do that, besides calming your brain, (laughs) you're also like, it's kind of like a way of building a regenerative business because you're being fed to it and you're Mm -hmm. being supported in your capacity. So then you can be even a better therapist we forget about that we're like Mm -hmm. oh let's accommodate but then you're not coming as your full self
1: exactly exactly and then also even to that you how do you sit there and tell mom do you got to take care of yourself and here you are working every single evening you got to be there for your kids and then you don't see your own you know it's like wait i need to practice what i preach
0: (sighs) that part was what took me out for building my business Because I was trained as a child therapist. And then when I started having children and I know the importance of the first five, seven years, I'm like, I'm working so much. (laughs) This doesn't make any sense. I'm not Mm. being with my children. I'm paying babysitters and people to raise my children. And I mean, I know some people have to do that for circumstances. And I was able to figure out and move different things and then build a business that is making almost the same money that I was making as a 40 week. Working for someone else, there's ways. When there's a wheel, for the most part, you can find a way.
1: Yeah. And we're yeah, both th- here sharing. Yes. And I think it's all about that doubt. You know, I don't know if it's going to work. I'm scared. I What if it doesn't? You know, and I have to shout out to my husband. I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast, but <laughs> he's the one like, what do you mean you can't hold school? That's what you did anyway during the whole virtual uh, right. kind of thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Then what do you mean you can't go into private practice? Why not? Just go, just do it. I'm like, okay, okay, you know? And it's so comforting to have somebody in your corner. You know, so Mm. find if it's not your spouse, whoever it is, there's there's someone out there that's going to support you and and motivate you. Mm. And just also people in the field, you know, there's a lot of, um, thankfully to social media, people that you follow and you're like, hey, you know, she's about my age yeah, she has kids. She does this. She seems like she's doing it. Okay. So why can't I do it? Like what's going on? You know? Mm -hmm. So that helps.
0: Yeah. And asking them because a lot of, they want to share what they did. You know, it's like a pay forward. Cause I asked so many people and I still ask things, you know, Hey, how are you doing that? How are you doing this? It's like, some people go like, Oh, how do you learn all about Instagram? I'm like, I did not I mean, I'm part of like, memberships and stuff but sometimes I ask people like hey I saw that you did this way and can you share with me if you use an app or something and mm-hmm. they share it yes. and you're like oh cool you know
1: uh-huh. yeah definitely I had somebody reach out to me not too long ago how did you stop taking insurance and move to private pay I got a business coach. oh really which one here you go go for it best of luck to you has two little boys of course mm-hmm. you know
0: so important oh my god I feel like this conversation of balancing personal and family and all that is so important for therapists because this is not something that we are we don't take a class in it we don't take trainings in it we're you know and it's our life we're humans mm-hmm. sometimes we think we're not but we're human but <laughs> I notice in the time so let's go into the fire round questions so it's complete the sentence okay my unique and special gift is
1: healing through play mm, I am reclaiming Reclaiming that one, I was thinking about. Let's see, maybe that fierce little girl I used to be when I was, you know, when you were in kindergarten and you know, you didn't let anybody mess with you. I'm reclaiming my five year old self. (laughs) Mm,
0: I no longer subscribe to
1: trying to fix or help. And this is not professionally, but more personally, people that are just not ready.
0: Oh, that's a big one for therapists. Yeah.
1: If my ancestor would speak, they would say, I'm proud of you.
0: And my wish for you is?
1: Meaning my wish for the audience? For the audience, yeah. Okay, my wish for you is that you too find that spark that you may have lost or is still there and just go for it.
0: Yes. Oh, this was so yummy. Thank you. And (laughs) can you share with us if you have any current or upcoming offerings and where can people find you?
1: One of the things about homeschooling and uh, having a solo private practice, I have all these ideas, but I have noticed that I'm not going to have time for them. So, right now, no very uh, specific offerings outside of therapy because, you know, as you mentioned, I'm full. So, this month I'm taking a couple of new clients. My website, you can find out more information there. You can book a full, uh, phone consultation, Andrea Vargas LMHC.com, and then Instagram, the same thing Andrea Vargas LMHC and Facebook, Andrea Hmm, That
0: is so amazing that you're like, "I have all this idea, but not now because I can't. My cup yeah. is full, and sometimes yeah. that is one of the best decisions to make. So thank you for sharing. This thank was so helpful.
1: Any last thoughts or anything? Oh, on Friday, I'm taking over Latinx Therapy's Instagram account. So that should be fun. I'll be talking about children's mental health. So Mm. I'm excited about that.
0: When this episode comes, I think you're ready. That would have passed. But anyhow,
1: congratulations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And go, yeah, go over there. Probably she might save them as a highlight. I don't know.
1: Probably, probably. It's for Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month. So yes, yes oh thank you for
0: everything and I am look forward to seeing you know how you continue to uphold those boundaries and growth for you and for your family and thank I might you. contact you for homeschooling <laughs> information down there one day
1: at a time right we are we're trying to figure it all out
0: that's so true
1: thank you so much thanks for listening
0: licensed psychologist now what To make sure you don't miss any episode, make sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast player and to join our email list via our website. Lastly, I will appreciate if you would rate and review our podcast to help us reach more folks that can benefit from the information provided here. Until next time, bye-bye.